Hello, everyone. Welcome to that Brit Rest TV show. Once again, it's UWA Wrestling Rampage, baby. What uh, with us again? It's our very own Dan Belinka. This is make or break. My bones are made of stone. You're going to get one lyric every every episode until I run out, or until we get to the ones that I couldn't understand. <laughs> yes, here we are again for a triple header. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's what the, the like. Might as well say up front, like episode five is basically like recaps and and uh, uh, to set up the the big match they've got coming up on episode six. And we initially thought. Ah, let's not do it. Let's just skip it. And then I watched it and we got to one bit in particular and I immediately texted Andy. No, no, no. We have to at least talk about this episode a little bit. So you'll get a little bit of episode five and then we're going to, we'll do the usual in depth on six and seven and it'll work out because there's an episode missing coming up. So like episode 18 has never seen the light of day since it was broadcast. Like we can't find it on the internet anywhere. So there's going to, yeah, it'll work out that we'll go back to, to, to odd, even rather than even odd eventually. <laughs> We'll probably find out that Jimmy Savile probably turned up on that episode to, <laughs> to remove from existence. It'll have, it'll have all the problematics of wrestling on it. Main event, Joey Ryan versus David Starr with Marty Skrull as the ref or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, shall we get into um, UWA Wrestling Rampage, episode five, the mm. recap show. Well... Dan Belinka welcomes us to a special edition, uh, like doing uh, promo packages on the 10 men in the TV tournament. Um, yeah, he, he sets up the whole thing. So they call it, they keep calling it a tournament, but it's a, it's a gauntlet match. It's 10 men. Winner stays on. Uh, entry is decided by uh, the wrestling's random draw, which means figured out ages ago. Uh, beforehand apart from number one which is doug williams and number 10 which is chris daniels because daniels beat williams in the match to decide that a week or two ago two weeks ago i think yeah. uh, and remember this for later on elimination is by pinfall or over the top rope only so no dq no count out no submissions yes just 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 put a pin in that so um there was some footage it's it's basically a package between kerry cabrero mm -hmm. and his best mate danny royal now, there's some strange football footage uh, that's shown for some reason. <laughs> I, I thought we were back on uh, TWC and we cut to the football first studio again. Or like like we thought we watched that, that somebody had taped over the wrestling with the football. Yeah, it, it was just like someone just walking along a five-a-side football pitch. For yeah, some... I assume it was them. You couldn't really see. I mean, no. maybe you could when it was broadcast, but like this is off a VHS tape on YouTube from 10 years ago, so... It's hard to tell, but let's just say it's that they play football together at the weekends. Let's just say that. Yeah. And just before we get into that, I will say that the um, the versions on YouTube now have got rid of the adverts. Yeah, they might come back, but uh, yeah, no more ads. Or like you'll get the you'll get like a uh, it's not the uploader. I think it's whoever was recording it has yes. done it. Um, so you'll get like the first second of an, uh, of the first ad or the last second of the last ad in a break. But no, other than that, it's just, uh, yeah, we're not going to have much ad break chat going forward, I don't think. Yeah, I think there was um, just one advert I caught a glimpse of, which was for a threesome at 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all really, do I need to brush my hair? Who's coming over? <laughs> Probably that midget on a trampoline doing the weather. <laughs> um. Yeah, so um, 
Kerry Cabrero knew Danny Royal from 1991. Um, allegedly, because this is wrestling and they're all liars, um, they once had a fight in the back of a ring van as there was only one duvet. Apparently they did, yeah. Just just snuggle up, lads. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I did, uh, Danny Royal has a brilliant line where he says, at the time, Kerry was older than me. Obviously, he still is now. <laughs> <laughs> like he, like Cabrero st- stopped aging and Danny is catching up. Yeah. Um, for some reason, this um, this gentleman comes on Mal Mason. Yeah. And the, the face, the face of Nosferatu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're along the same lines. I wrote the reanimated corpse of Mal Mason appears, looking like a butler in a Hammer horror film. <laughs> His name graphic is just his name. So there's no indication of who he is. He's just, we're just expected to know who Mal Mason is. And like he and his Inoki chin say he spotted Carrero and, and Royal working for a minor promoter. And I'm like, are you a major one? Are you packing out Wembley every week? Yeah, this was, this was quite odd. Um, the basis of the interview was Kenny says he doesn't want to tag with Danny again, as he's a loser. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's my mate, but he's shit at winning wrestling matches, so we're not going to tag again. Some of my favourite stuff was uh, Royal can't say Cabrero. He calls him Cabrero. Cabrero. Yeah. Cabrero. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, I went with, <laughs> with Cabrero Roche. Elixir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and according to Danny Royal, success is 50% ability and 50% luck. And actually, I believe it was the great prophet of our time, Mike Shinoda, who told us it was 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, etc., etc. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God, I've killed him. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me, listeners. Um, I've had a bit of a bad cold this week. So I, I do sound a bit like uh, Loki after about 40 a day. Sig addiction. Um, Shall I see if I can finish him off by the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was among the many things where I wrote, "Holy shit, someone put this on television!" Like it's like Danny Royal is burying the other competitors. He says he's going to beef bomb them through the ring. Beef? <laughs> who, who came up with beef bomb? And he says, "If it comes down to me and Mister Cabarero, the beef man will rule." <laughs> And then Cabrero's no better. He's like, his his great insults are things like hot stuff, Stevie Knight, more like cold stuff, Stevie Knight. Don't ever tell me that wrestlers don't need writers and producers for non-wrestling segments. It's this very awful. It's like something out of a schoolyard, isn't it? It's, they just, they're just not creative people in that way. Like, they, they might be fine at the wrestling part of it, but, like, it it's forever been a problem with British wrestlers and British wrestling. Like we don't have that kind of promo culture that you have in the U S yeah. I mean, like as, as WWF and WWE has become like that kind of dominant force, like that kind of, that sort of universal promotion that everybody sees, like that's what people, and I guess still back at this time, like people would be told, Oh, you're copying the Americans. If you, if you do like a decent promo. So you have to talk like a fucking idiot to, to, you know, (laughs) Yeah. still get booked by other idiots um, one thing as, as well I took from the prom, uh, this promo package is Kerry Cabrero is very much living off his success in that springboard dive <laughs> he is yeah you know what if, if he's still around now he should send it to top dollar in the WWE on now to do a dive over the oh, top <laughs> I saw that and I saw it in slow motion <laughs> 
<laughs> it's called falling with style, isn't it? Yeah, he just needs to develop the style. <laughs> Next up is the big draw. Oh, the yes. most important part of this this episode. <laughs> He's doing the walk that you can't see. This is the segment on Big Papa T. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Big Papa T with a striking and intimidating Rebecca. Um, yes. Now, there is a, a side character here, Kieran. Yes. The one and only taxi driver, Alan Fisher. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. We'll get to him. First, yeah. we have the other side character, which is Mrs. T., uh, big Papa's wife. Uh, she talks in French about how handsome he was when they met, and she shows this uh, a framed picture of a, an African man in military uniform. Uh, she says this was him, but he doesn't look like this anymore. And then in the shot that absolutely killed me, Big Papa T in his civvies and mask in an armchair in his living room on a 90s cordless phone while his four kids squabble on the floor next to him. That was the moment when I sent you the message saying we have to cover this. <laughs> this even before we get to Alan Fisher, cab driver. <coughs> Incidentally, we're going to get a bit of uh, uh, GCP masterpiece theatre here. I have transcribed everything Alan Fisher says. Yeah. This went out on national television. <laughs> Bearing in mind, so you never see his face properly. This whole thing is shot from the back of his cab while he's driving. It's sort of like, have you seen the um, League of Gentlemen, the taxi driver in that Babs? Right. I, yeah. I didn't watch it's, that. It's, it's very it's very similar to that. I see. Never, never seen the face. So but I, I should have done the, I should, should have tried to do the voice. Don't know if I can. He sounds like he's on the way. If you ever seen the Princess Bride, he, sa he sounds like he's going to turn into the, the priest from that. He's yeah. one step away from Mawage. Um, so he says, so I met him in the offices of Dial a Cab. I looked at him. I thought, well, you know, this guy's terrifying me because he, he had this big black leather mask on. He had, he'd been wrestling in his home country of Zaire in front of crowds of up to 125,000 people, which is a stupendous amount. I'm fucking up already. Even the American wrestlers would get their back teeth to fight in front of crowds like that. And he was taking it as fairly normal. When he was fighting in Zaire, he was always known as the Lion King. He was good. He was noble. Back there, he was everything a lion should be. But the only problem was he had to wear a mask. Don't know why. He felt that he had no alternative because there were people, so he said, after his blood. As I've said, you haven't, by the way. His father worked for President Mobutu, but his father was mysteriously killed. Now, the Lion King thought it was murder. He swore that he would get the people that killed his father. He swore that nobody would ever, ever touch anyone from his family again. He swore revenge. He joined the elite corps of Mobutu that uh, were supposedly going around torturing every prisoner they came across. Unfortunately, it was discovered, and they apparently tried to poison him. So he decided that he had to get out of the country. There was, a, there was time to take nothing, but all he did take was his amateur wrestling certificate, which he smuggled in his wrestling boots, and he actually came over in his wrestling boots. I've been following wrestling for many, many years. I've never, ever known a wrestler want to kill his opponent. I feel that Big Papa T could suddenly snap. He's halfway there already. I believe there is a danger that any of his opponents could be killed. And that sentence is very obviously cut off mid-sentence. There's clearly more of this to come. But whoever was editing it had had enough of Alan Fisher. Remember, after hearing all of that, this is the guy as they're pushing as a role model for kids. <laughs> this is... 
<laughs> I have watched this at least three times. <laughs> it creased me up. <laughs> when, it, when it come on here it's like fuck me this is gold <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable like it's less lucha underground more london underground <laughs> especially the bit with his kids like the family man fucking yeah hell. i know but it like because it's because the it's dust, british the dusty, the dusty roads of crystal palace <laughs> Like because it's British, it looks like it's 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 kind of shot like a soap a bit as well, yeah. and not even a good one. Like I don't know, what was that El Dorado rather than Coronation Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's real bad. Uh, they re-air uh, uh, T versus Mark Sloan in full, not a good idea, and no. the attack on Jason Cross, also not a good idea, uh, and the interview with Rebecca. For the third time, not a good idea. That's the first 20 minutes of the show. To be honest, if you're going to watch it, you can probably shut it off after that. That's all the good stuff. Yeah, because uh, they actually, they show then that, you know, the um, build-up between, is it Stevie Knight, Doug Williams and Chris Daniels that they'd shown the previous week? Yeah. Basically rehashing Yeah, yeah. And they, they show almost all of the Daniels and Williams match. They show the locker room fight between Doug and Stevie. Doug's over-edited promo. They do have a new promo from Steve Linsky standing by someone else's Porsche in Dino's scrapyard. Um, they re-air the Daniels interview. Um, and then we get to the bit where it's obvious that Phil Powers has a stake in the company. Uh, as Dan Belinka says, if this tournament was ranked on popularity, Powers would win. And then... They re-air all of Powers versus Mad Dog, all of Johnny Storm versus Paul Sloan, the tag match between those two teams, the interview in the golf shirt where Mad Dog attacks him and Johnny gives him a shoe-in behind the behind the cheap set. Powers has a promo in a bright yellow T-shirt where he positions himself as the underdog. He says he's probably the smallest man in the match. He isn't. He clearly hasn't met Johnny Storm. Uh, he also keeps calling himself the fly Phil Powers instead of flying Phil Powers. The <laughs> And then a montage of promo clips to end, and that's that's episode five done. It's, yeah, it's absolutely worth it for, for the big bubble tea segment. Oh yeah, it's incredible. TV TV gold that one, kid. Yeah, it's, it's very much like a condensed version of like here's what happened in the first four weeks. You know, it's yeah. like you're watching a this week in WWE. Yeah, just to like condense the all the shit from Raw and SmackDown into one. 45-minute morsel. There yeah. You go. yeah, if you happen to have missed the first four episodes, like this would catch you up on everything, on all the main stuff that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just think they didn't have enough footage from the taping to to run out the full series, so they had to do this episode. That was one of my notes as well, Kieran. Yeah, yeah definitely so. Um, shall, we, shall we go on to episode six, which is more action-packed than episode five? Slightly, yeah. Um, so we, opening the show, it's another replay. The previous episode's closer, and I did put in my brackets here. It feels like it feels that like you haven't much much footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, would also become apparent by the end of this episode. Yeah, definitely, yeah. a lot of replays. Yeah, so. yeah. You want to see some heavy stuff? We're gonna beat you. <laughs> One of the greatest lines. Um, it doesn't make I, any sense. I don't. It, I, I want to know who says it. It's got to be one of the deaths. I squad. think it. I think it's Brian Nobed, Iron Duke Lynch. Brian Nobed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so uh, Dan Belinka he introduces it all to an 
all-important episode as we get into the 10-man um, gauntlet match. Uh, yes. So, with this one, Doug Williams is the first entrant. Chris Daniels is entrant number 10. Uh, we have Jamelia awaiting the arrival of Steve Linsky's mob. All he said is, no comment, no yep. comment. And he's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what accent I were trying there. It was better than his American one. Probably was. <laughs> um, we have Sorsha coming out with a trophy. Yeah, and, um, they have said you know, several times that this is a traditional, going to be a traditional title belt. I yeah. think they haven't had a belt made and the and the trophy is standing in until they have. Or they didn't know this was going to be a series when they did it and in the building it was announced for being for the cup. One, one thing I will say is like, um, so you've got this trophy here. It was like the first proper belt, uh, tournament of championship. Yeah. But they, got, they end up having like, another two or three other titles that are introduced which are more oh. important than this belt yeah, yeah 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 we got we got we got more of that to come on yeah. the next episode yeah, yeah. um we, so sosh is out with the trophy and returning on commentary two two gobshites <laughs> lost the boss and steve fucking morgan yeah oh yeah God. i could have fucking got a shotgun and put it through the telly <laughs> listen to these two Fuck me. Anyway, yes. You want to find out who's behind door number two? Yes. It's and marching like out. That. <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. It Papa is indeed Big Papa T. And my first note is, oh my God, poor Doug. And then my second note is, never mind, as Doug immediately tips him over the top rope while T is talking with Rebecca. And Big Papa T is immediately eliminated from the match. We, we wondered. How are they going to work Big Papa T in this match? Yeah. I kind of wanted it to be T versus Mad Dog McPhee at some point. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, we have something even better than that to talk about in the next episode. <laughs> so, uh, like we mentioned the rules earlier, so um, elimination is by pinfall or mm -hmm. over the top rope. Yes. Now, I will say, here, Kieran, in this match, there's a lot of saving face in there. Yeah, I went through and, and tried to try to see like who actually gets pinned. Uh, I do believe there are only two pinfalls in this whole match, and it's always it's probably the the worst ones who got pinned as well. It's the it's the the lower down the card guys who get pinned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of which, here comes Paul Sloan. Yeah. Uh, with his quick, uncharismatic pre-recorded comments about how he's the biggest underdog he's going to win. And it suddenly struck me today. I think it's the time of year. Um, but old, greasy and hairless Paul Sloan, he looks like a turkey about to go into an oven. <laughs> I, I did put the human egg. He is the <laughs> <Yeah>. human egg. <laughs> he's, the, he's the polar opposite of Hulk Hogan. He looks like a turkey who's just come out of an oven. <laughs> 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 Paul Sloan and the Roasties. <coughs> uh, uh, so we have a, um, a giant swing by Doug, and this is a jeery elbow by Doug in slow mo. He, what the fuck? Yeah, it didn't need us. It didn't need. Well, Doug was in slow motion doing it. Yeah. It didn't need a replay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he Williams he channels psychosis with a, a a crazy bump in the corner and then immediately switches to Tajiri with the sort of handspring elbow and then he hits a German suplex and it's all over. 
Yeah. Pin number one. Fourth entrant now is Doug Williams' rival, yes. Stevie Knight. Yes, we're already on the third pairing of this match. Remember, so that we're, we've now seen four people. We have an hour of television to get through, and the show is only 10 minutes old. Yeah. Yeah. Flying through. I did, I did put one of my notes here is this is more going to be your wrestling portion of the match. Yeah, they've got they've kind of got the shit out of the way to start with, and they've established that Doug can beat people, and they've established the ways of winning falls, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is not good is uh, Stevie uh, chucks Doug through the ropes to the floor and then into the third row, and we get a shot of all the empty seats. Yeah, there is almost nobody here. This would have been the end of the taping, I would think, or near the end, and there's. It's so empty. Um, uh, back in the ring, Knight misses a top rope headbutt but kicks out of a fisherman suplex and ends up in a Boston Crab. And in this match, where only pins and over the top rope count, the referee asks him if he wants to give up. Yeah. Uh, Doug does this nice kind of flying clothesline into the corner with no run-up. He just sort of leaps into it, which I thought looked pretty nice. Uh, Knight kicks out of a brain buster. Uh, until they clash, uh, he takes over until they clash heads unconvincingly. And in this match, where only pins and over the top rope counts, the referee starts his knockout count. Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's simply because they only had pins and over the top. They decided to say on television that that was the only way to do it. But why bother? Like you yeah. then, you've then, you've taken the half the drama out of the match, and you then look stupid. You've made the referee look like an absolute idiot. And this is, I, this isn't live. You can, you can say anything you want. I would say even if someone like got knocked out, they, they'd still save face because they say, Oh, I never got pinned. and got yeah. like knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Stevie hits a crossbody and they both fall over the top rope, but uh, his foot gets caught in the rope. So Williams hits the floor and he doesn't. And I was like, oh, Stevie's still in. And then he falls out of the ropes to the floor as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They brawl off to the back and we get a long replay as uh, Ross the Boss speculates over uh, who is out next. Unfortunately for him, in the back of the shot, we can see the laser display over the entranceway telling us exactly who's coming out next. Yes. Um, well, well one, one thing as well with um, Doug and Stevie, they had a bit of a brawl in, in the crowd. and. Yeah. Well, that's a lot what gets replayed like over and over and over again. Oh, it? yeah. It got at least two replays during the match and then replayed in the montage at the end of the match. Yeah. Big moments. Big yep. moments. But uh, we've uh, we've pressed the reset button uh, and it's now Kerry Cabrero versus Danny Royal. Oh, the mega, mega powers explode. <laughs> the mega powers kick out the window of a transit van and fighting over a duvet. <laughs> <laughs> the referee should have just like it right fuck this match off just yeah. like back a transit up, into the venue <laughs> no stand to one side and just chuck a, chuck like a duvet in between <laughs> and let them, let them fight you know how you and wilson love a mike awesome ambulance match yes these two should have a transit van match a tranny van match yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so what happens here? Uh, Danny Rule does a shit inset promo. Uh, uh, they do some stuff. Uh, they go to an ad break. We recap all the previous eliminations when we come back from the ad break. 
Uh, I reckon it's only been going. I reckon the match itself was 18 minutes, 17, 18 minutes maximum, and they're dragging it out to 45 minutes of television. Yeah. That's not easy. 17 minute match, mm. 15 minutes of replays. Yeah. Uh, Steve Morgan did actually pop me with a line on commentary here. He says, because these two are friends, we've established their friends on, on the previous show and they've been talking about in the commentary. He says, this is wrestling civil war. It's friend against friend. It's brother against brother. It's father against wife. <laughs> um, so um, Kerry actually sends uh, Danny over the top yep. and he's eliminated. Yep. Royally eliminated. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Entrance number seven now. Uh, Mad Dog McPhee. Um, Big Stu in his Primark T-shirt. Yeah, is I did put a definition of a badly made bed. <laughs> yeah, ever he could yeah. do with with, with someone still sleeping in it. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. He legs it to the ring. Apparently not being told they need to drag this out to fill forty-five minutes of TV. He got, he, he got, twatted, he got twatted, didn't he? He fucking hell. So this, he hit some terrible elbows in the corner. He almost doesn't make it all the way over on a power slam. And in a moment that made me howl with laughter, he botches his bump on Cabrero's finish. And the look on Kerry Cabrero's face, it's like, fuck my life. Um, uh, Gordon calls it a flatliner, almost. Um, and an annoyed looking Kerry Cabrero saves the day by heading to the top rope and hits a really nice top rope leg drop for the pin. So he kind of, yeah, he rescues a very bad situation, but like McPhee was just every time he steps in the ring, he's completely exposed. He's so bad at this. He's, he's, he's up there with Kung Fu, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. Mad dog shit. Mad dog shit. Uh, so we, we just have to point out here as well. Um, Kerry's um, uh, move, the flat line, isn't what you think it is. It's no. basically it's like a lowdown. Yeah, it? it's the it's the lowdown. It's the it's the 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 lifting power bomb. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's not the uh, uh, Chris Canyon flat liner at all. No. no. <clears throat> so um, after beating uh, Mad Dog shit in under a minute. <laughs> Um, eighth entrant now, everyone's favourite. It's uh, Phil the Power Powers. <laughs> um, th- th- this this was a good little um, couple of minutes. I thought, Kieran, it was all right. I mean, it's uh, it's not going to win any awards for technical wrestling, but it was like it, it helped establish like Powers as the underdog. So Dogshit McPhee attacks him as he hits the ramp uh, and throws him into the ring. Uh, Kerry takes advantage despite being a baby face so far. Uh, commentary tells a story about Powers having his ribs cracked a few weeks ago and his arm. Uh, of course, he had his arm in, injured in the interview attack. Powers, of course, selling none of this because it, uh, it would have been taped afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cabrera hits a stinger splash, uh, but then he goes for a second. Powers moves and Cabrera just flies over the top rope to the floor. That's it. He's out. Yeah, another one over the top, not taking yeah. a pinfall. Yep, yeah. and again, if that took more than 90 seconds, I will eat however many hats I can find in this flat. Ninth entrant now, Kieran's favourite, Johnny yeah. Storm. The children's flavour as well, because loads of kids are give, flipping him the bird as he comes down to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of, like, 11-year-old stone colds as he comes out. Probably all taller than Johnny as well. Probably. <laughs> 
Um, so with this one, um, Powers actually posts um, Johnny Storm onto the top rope. Um, so he, he's like, Storm's up there for a manoeuvre. Yeah. Uh, and then crotches him on top. And uh, drop kicks him out over the top. Yeah. They are racing through this match that they've got to drag out to a full a full TV hour. It's crazy. But thankfully, entrant number 10. Our saviour. Our saviour. The one and only fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, who, um, my God, he... Well, I wouldn't say carries Phil Powers to uh, to a, like... A, it's a, it's like a fifteen minute match on its own. He almost literally carries Phil Powers to this <laughs> yeah. this thing. Like, I, I know we they had a one on one, but you've got Doug Williams and Chris Daniels in the same match, even in nineteen ninety nine, and they bookend it. Like, they don't ever face off at any point. What would obviously be the best wrestling action of the whole match? Yeah. Um. Uh. I noticed Powers was bumping for everything like he's pack taking a tornado DDT. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniels chokes him on the ropes. And <clears throat> in this match, where only pins and over the top rope count, the referee starts his DQ five count. <laughs> it needs, this... to be, needs to read um, a referee rule book. Oh, yeah. Or at least, you know, just talk to each other before it goes on TV. Yeah. Um, it was at this point I noticed there was 18 minutes of TV time left. And I'm like, oh, Christ, are these two going to go 18 minutes? Broadway. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, uh, they wrestle. It's mostly uh, it's mostly Daniels being the heel and beating up Phil Powers. Uh, Powers makes his little, has his little hope spots. Uh, so he, like, he hip tosses his way out of an abdominal stretch, for example. He gets a, uh, hits a drop kick, it's a fisherman suplex, and he slides out to the floor and pulls Daniels' balls into the post. Um, uh, he becomes the second man in the match to miss the top rope headbutt after Stevie Knight earlier. Uh, what else? Uh, we cut a couple of times to a man in the crowd in a, in a, in an old block logo, WWF shirt who appears yeah. to be not to be a Chris Daniels fan. I, I was thinking, is it Phil Powers, his dad, but when Paul Powers, they, more, what was that? Paul Powers. Paul, I don't know. Paul, Paul Powers. Um, yeah. but, um, when they show it after the match, like Phil Powers going to his family, yeah, it's not shown. No, maybe he got chucked out. Perhaps he was just I don't know anti-American. It was very, it was a bit odd. Like he also had crap tattoos, so I was a bit like, is this a wrestler we don't know? Yeah, yeah, probably from the scrapyard. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, Powers does everybody's favourite shit British wrestling thing, and he starts clapping while he's in a chin lock. Sell it, you prick! Like this is holiday camp shite. It's so, it's so just, you've, I know we all know, but you, you're telling yeah. everybody it's fake when you do that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm in pain. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's ways to do it. Like the, the, the quote unquote subtle way to do it is to bang your foot on the mat. Bang your that, foot. Yeah. Exactly. Which just, oh, just happens to be rhythmic enough for the crowd to pick up and start clapping and yeah. Cheering yeah, you that- on. If if I'm not doing the clapping in a crowd, that's that's always the signal what wrestlers do. If it's like totally silent, you'll see a wrestler like yeah, just bang the bang the foot on the mat. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel sets up for uh, an angel's wings. He's already hit one earlier on, I think. Uh, he takes too long. Power scoops up his legs, catapults him over the top rope, and wins. Yeah. With nine minutes of TV left. <laughs> 
Well, um, you could fit a WCW main event in that nine minutes. Two, two of them, if it's not true. <laughs> um, surprise result, I thought, Kieran, for me. Yeah, kind of. I think... Uh, uh, do you know what? One interesting thing going into this match was I didn't know who was going to win, and I thought, I mean... Aside from like joke winners like Big Papa T, like Doug Williams could have won. Yeah. Terry Cabrero could have won. Stevie uh, Knight. Maybe Stevie Knight. Uh, Chris Daniels could have won. Phil Powers could have won. So that's like, that's five out of 10 entrants that, you know, going in, the, the fan seeing it for the first time thinks could win this match. It's not like, you know, the 30 man Royal Rumbles only have two stars in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's either going to be Rock or Big Show, you know? This yeah, pro- yeah. Sorry, guys, this probably isn't anybody from Kai and Ty's year. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but yeah, Ty. so that was good about this match. I, I find it's quite difficult to rate as a match because it's because it's so segmented and because there are so many there's so many pauses for replays and stuff to drag it out. Yeah. Um, I think on this uh, 45 minute television episode. I will be shocked if there's more than 20 minutes of new footage. And that includes the entrances and Dan Belinka. They, yeah. they, they have dragged this out. It re, after the match, it's replay, replay, replay. Um, Chris Daniels, for his part, he sells the loss really big. Like he's trying to get back in the ring at Powers. He protests all the way back up the aisle. Um, Powers is celebrating with his crap trophy. Someone uh, he invites somebody to come forward and celebrate with him. He's handed a couple of children over the barrier. I presume they're kid, they're his, and he's not oh, just absconding with Ma- children. Steve Steve, Mo- Steve Morgan said, "Oh, they are his kids. Oh, that's yeah. a kidnapping." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A wrestling match and a kidnapping all on one show. Well, yeah. Oh, that's NXT, isn't it? <laughs> That's NXT. Um, on. Um, so we have a, a music montage um, to end the show. And uh, But uh, there is news that more UWA titles are to come. Apparently so, yeah. Yes. Um, for me, anyway, I thought the, um, the main event, I enjoyed the bit, like I said, the bit with Powers and Chris Daniels near the end. Mm. I thought that was, that was a good little section. And also... Yeah, a bit surprised Big Papa T went early. But then yeah. then again, you want to hide his... Um, you don't want to stick him in there for a long you, time. Well, we're going to get to see him wrestle on episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into um, UWA Wrestling Rampage, episode seven. As we have a recap of last week's gauntlet to start the show, more recaps, mm. more replays are getting the usage out of that standard play um, videotape, aren't they? <laughs> um, Dan Belinka, crime watch extraordinaire in an ill-fitting suit um, <laughs> once again. Dan the man in the crime watch van. Yeah, he, um, he says what's coming up, and um, one thing that took my eye was the desk squad being shagged on a desk. <laughs> Yeah, it does. For I think that was probably the death squad's idea, and I think their idea was, oh, the camera has come in just as they're they're making whoopee with the tiny girls on top of, uh, yeah, a desk or a pile of gym mats or something. It yeah. was it was some sort of platform that these idiots were rolling around on. Uh, yeah, coming up, they roll around with the tiny girls. Uh, Kerry Cabrero versus Justin Starr. Uh, Dogshit McPhee and Papa T in action, hopefully not against each other. Uh, and Danny Royal versus Blondie Barrett for a shot at the UWA title. Uh, 
And I'm like, hang on a minute. Has there been any mention of a UWA title before now, seven weeks into this show? No. No. But they're going to sort that out next week where uh, Danny Williams, Danny Williams, no, he was the boxer. Doug was Williams. He was going to face Alex Shane. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> Doug Williams, Kerry Cabrero and Stevie Knight will have a triple trouble match next week to decide a champion. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Someone's <laughs> coming along in the star bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, UWA ties are more important than that fucking poxy cup. Yeah, yeah. So we've crowned one champion who has to carry around his bowling trophy. Um, and then uh, next week, we're going to crown a second champion. Uh, oh, this was taped. Uh, we're out of Crystal Palace. This is the Blackpool Ice Arena. Ah, I wondered where it was. Yeah. Um, with their tiny 12-foot ring that looks awful on television. <laughs> like, if two people had just laid down end-to-end in that, they would have gone right. Like, you've got to do your suplexes corner to corner in that ring. I, th- I think um, later on, in it? Mad Dog McPhee's, like, pinning someone and his, and his feet are hanging outside the bed. It's so small. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty much a double bed. It's so small. It looks awful. There's also an unfortunate shot where you can see there's almost nobody on the hard cam side. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's so empty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it also has this horrible thick stripes mat. So it, it's it's red and blue stripes, but only like three of each. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And the ringside area, the area between the front row and ringside is massive with no padding on the metal temporary flooring. So it's, like, it's like a large carpet area, isn't it? It's it's um well this is this is the kind of flooring they put down over ice rinks. So if, if you went to Coventry Sky Dome, if you went to the floor at yeah. the Sky Dome, that's yeah. an ice rink, yeah. yeah. And they, it's it's uh, I mean, times and uh, manufacturing have probably changed since then. But like that is that floor they have there is metal, right? With no mats over it. So woe betide anybody who falls on that. As well as well, I noticed as well, Kieran was um, lots of kids in this crowd. Yeah. It, it, it very much like um, bring your kids vibes. Yeah, the, the, the Crystal Palace taping was all the hardcore wrestling fans, wasn't it? There were tons of ECW t-shirts in the crowd there and like WWF scratch logo t-shirts and Austin 316. But no, you're right. Here's loads of kids. Loads of Teletubbies t-shirts and tweets. <laughs> <laughs> but Doug Williams is coming out for a promo. He says he's banning Linsky from accompanying him to ringside for the championship belt match. And it was this point I remembered, oh, yeah, Doug's always sucked with a live microphone. You <laughs> um, know what, though? I, I, I thought he was actually, I thought he were all right here. Really? Yeah. The only person who's done a good promo on this show is Chris Daniels. <laughs> all no, the did, Brits did, are terrible. No, I did, I did think he, he, he sort of like, there weren't many pauses to him. Yeah. He still sounds. He's still his early dog. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. He's he's still at this point at least. He sounds like to me like an office worker who watches wrestling rather than a wrestler. Yeah, his voice has changed a lot. I think it has, and like you know, he's like twenty three years more experienced now than he was back here. We do, however, get one of the highlights of this episode, which is right in the middle of the hard cam, this big, massive sign that says, Fat Boy Steve Linsky blows goats. (laughs) 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 
<coughs> I wondered what that one said. It's I, only I, on. I, I, I thought it was something about shagging goats. And... I had to go back and pause <laughs> it, and I think they realised. Bear in mind, again, this is an edited show. <laughs> Yeah. They realise and they get it off within about like a second and a half, but it's still made TV. And like as we dis- discovered from previous episodes, this didn't go out after the watershed. Like this, <laughs> this was on like three in the afternoon sometimes. Yeah, well, mummy, what what does that fat man? What's blowing the gold mean? <laughs> yeah. The other great bit about this promo is you can see, I don't know if you spotted it, uh, but I have already clipped this and sent it to Matthew. (laughs) There are two kids sitting in the top corner of of the shot. And one of them, so one's in a bright orange top and one's in a bright green top. So they instantly catch your eye. And the the guy in the green top accidentally elbows his mate right in the nose. (laughs) Fucking hell. It's brilliant. It's, It's proper back and to the left. It's um, like one of my famous ones when I was um, about seventh row at a SmackDown taping at the EMEN Arena during Heidenreich's entrance. I was fucking doing the Heiden, Heidenreich, Heiden, mm. right, and I fucking smacked a woman next to us in the face. Christ. By accident. All, all for an Heidenreich versus Orlando Jordan match. Oh, mate, pick your spots. I know. <laughs> Shame. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, do, shall we get into match number one on this show? Yeah, we should. I mean, I, the, nothing comes between these two things, does it? I don't think. No, no, uh, so it's Kerry Cabrero versus Justin Starr. Hmm. Now, I thought with Justin Starr, he has the look of a young Chris Harris. Yeah, he kind of does. He's uh, sort of like a, a long haired, baby face type guy, isn't he? Yes, uh, or as Steve Morgan on commentary basically calls him, a greasy scruff. Uh, yes. nicking, a, nicking a phrase out of one Mr. Ben Corrigan's uh, <laughs> phrase book. All because he's got long hair, but he doesn't say this about uh, uh, Mad Dog Murphy, who has long hair. He doesn't say yeah. about any of the others who have long hair, just this guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kerry decides to completely look past his opponent and does a promo about next week's match as if Justin Starr doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. I noticed that the ring rocks side to side with every single bump. Like a boat. It had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to have collapsed at some point during this taping. Um, I didn't think this match was bad. Like, it's a short, fine TV match. Like, Star looked fine. He does this really, they do this nice spot where he um, catches Cabrero's arm doing a clothesline, spins it into a full Nelson, and then round into a DDT that looked really good. He has a. He does like a super kick as well. That like right under the chin. I wrote. I wrote. Star gets two counts off a super kick and a superplex, and then slows it all down with a super headlock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Cabrero comes back from that with a spinning leg lariat and the flatliner. That's not a flatliner for the pin. Just at like a short, decent, fine TV match. Yeah. And giving it away a bit probably the best match on this episode <laughs> yeah i will go as far to say that mm. i did put i did put the crowd did make a minimal noise for moves it was just like hey yeah they didn't do anything for the for the opening couple of minutes to this at all not, not in it, fact like for later matches as well i think you're right they they, they don't make an awful lot of noise 
Harry Ball mustn't have been on sale that evening. <laughs> anyway, the Death Squad have an announcement as they yes. bring the tiny girls out with them. Yeah, the ring announcer is very surprised to hear smells like white spirit, over the, as you called it last time, <laughs> over the speakers. The tiny girls are carrying these cheap, like cheap tap metal Death Squad logos. Sorry to disappoint you, says Duke, but we're not here to wrestle. And you could hear a mouse fart. Like, nobody knows who these guys are. Uh, nobody get, no, nobody came here to watch them wrestle. They don't give a shit. He makes a complete meal out of saying there are no UWA tag titles, despite them having been mentioned on episode two or three, I think. Uh, because uh, He says it's because there aren't enough official tag teams, but they have their own belt. And this is what these shit tin logos are. Um. He then challenges any wrestler in the UWA or not affiliated with the UWA to come and fight for the belts. He says, I actually quite like this line. There only needs to be two of you and you don't even have to be friends. Yeah. Um, I, but I was like, why? These aren't official tag titles. They're something you've just brought out. They look like crap. What's the prestige in fighting for these things? It smacks a lot of a kid not getting what they want and making something up in its place and going, no, 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 this is the thing now. This is the thing. Terrible, terrible television. I did. I did think of the design with the belts and um, like the the material look about them. It looks like they've taken a skull stencil to a set of ring steps. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's that. It's that diamond plate, isn't it? Oh, the famous diamond plate, which uh, Chris yeah. Jericho goes on about a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll find out their opponents uh, in a moment. We uh, will following weeks uh, so match number two now mm-hmm. Mad Dog shit. yeah Mad fanny mcphee is back versus what a great what a great name this is phil blend do you know who this is no it's phil bedwell it's curve of the new breed curve of the new breed huh? yeah uh, who would then be the playboy phil bedwell uh after the fwa disappeared yeah this is a complete squash. Uh, Mad Dog does a lot of just hurling him around by the neck. Like he was probably two inches taller when, when he left than when he came in. And he finishes him, finishes him off with the canine crusher, which is a reverse DDT. And I will say Mad Dog at least had a better T-shirt this week. And he had his leather test trousers on, which looks a lot better than his usual look. Yes. Um, a few other notes I had from here was McFee had, uh, had found some moves at last. <laughs> yeah, he has an actual finisher now. Uh, Phil's um, shit back tattoo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he always had that, but of course he did. It's a tattoo. And also someone with a huge MVC sign. Yeah. Um, it, I think it was in the front row. I did yeah, it was. Cracking video shot that one. Yeah, I used to buy loads of stuff from MVC. They were cheaper than the uh, they were cheaper than the Virgin Megastore, and they were cheaper than our price in my town. And they and they'd always have um, the videos that the other ones didn't stock. What I liked about my local MVC, so I grew up as a massive fan of Hong Kong cinema, like Jackie Chan and John Woo movies and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and they yeah. would always have a bigger selection of those and get the new ones in first before virgin and before our price and before like smith sold videotapes and all that kind of thing yeah they would always be the ones who, who got them in first and had a better selection yeah um so yeah Matt, it, it, a lot of this show is um, a lot of squash matches but um yeah yeah nice to nice to see mad dog mcphee 
improving. Yeah. Not embarrass himself for the first not time. Not embarrass himself and the greasy scruff. Yes. So anyway, here comes Charisma Vacuum Sorcia, who says the UWA will recognise the Death Squad's belts for some reason. The only stipulation is they must wrestle the bad boys on next week's show. Who the fuck are the bad boys? And then we go to, to, to Dan in the Crime Watch van, and he repeats all of this, like practically word for word, but not in the accent, but in his uh, TV presenter voice. Um, but he still doesn't tell us who the bad boys are. I mean, it's probably not Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. <laughs> I doubt it will be. No. It's probably Martin Smith and Will Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Martin Stone and Will Cooley. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Coming up next. (laughs) Can I call it the highlight of the show? (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Yes, so... um... Match number three now. Yes. Fuck me. <laughs> Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Clash of the Lucens. Look at the state of them. <laughs> Tom, Tom Monroe. Yeah. Tom Monroe um, versus Big Papa T. Yes, indeed. It's it's Orange Adidas T again this week. He does all his funny walks. They can't seem to decide how to start. Like I, They definitely didn't talk about this match before they went out there. No. Um, they don't know how to start, so T just randomly does a whip into the corner, which Monroe doesn't know how to take. T then takes forever to follow him in with a, a, a lame shoulder to the gut. We also then very quickly expose that Tom Monroe doesn't know how to run the ropes or bump as he tries to do one followed by the other for a drop kick where one foot misses his face and the other one hits him really hard in the stomach. Yeah. They then go outside and T Monroe kind of goads T into doing a flying clothesline off the apron. That's only slightly better than the time Scott Steiner fell off the apron into the back of Test's leg. It's like, it's like one from bed wrestling in it when you're a kid. Oh, yeah, but your socks have slipped on the side of the bed frame. They are, and yes. they, they both, <laughs> as I predicted, they both smash into that metal floor on the outside. And, and they, these are two big lads, aren't they? Yeah, they do a lock-up on the floor and then a snapmare and a drop kick on the floor. Uh, back inside, Monroe attacks with weak forearms and kick, which T no-sells. Monroe then runs the ropes like he's in the fucking nutcracker. He's got little ballet feet. He takes, like, we make the scary feet joke all the time. Like, this is like two Rob Van Dams. And T hits him with what the commentators call a face buster of sorts when he comes back. And what actually happened was they fuck up an X Factor, which you can't really get right when one guy is running anyway. This is enough for Papa T to win by knockout. This is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. I'm including Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. I don't think either of these men have any had, have ever had any wrestling training. And I reckon it was a rib to pop the locker room to put them out there together. Fucking get the Brian Alvarez quote. This is minus five stars. <laughs> Fuck my life. 
And um, then they show replays. Just a reminder as well. Uh, so Tom Monroe was last seen in the uh, scrapyard match. Uh, yes, he was. He was uh, the big tattooed uh, knacker who who got pile driven on the top of a, a car. He was, yeah. yeah. He also he also had some like Chinese scripture writings on his chest, like a kushi. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what the fuck's this man into? <laughs> Let me just look up the Chinese for fat waster. <laughs> I didn't put his utter donkey shit. This <laughs> it's, it's, they're both so bad. How did this get on television? And then Steve Morgan goes, the fans love to see Papa T go in the ring and do his business. Well, he certainly left some steaming turds in there so far. <laughs> but as, hell. as well that with Monroe, he sold nothing, did he? They did, neither of them wanted to sell for the other one. Like Papa T is just weird. Neither of them are any good. I don't know what this was. <laughs> pa- Apart Papa from T- very funny and very bad. Papa T's got charisma oozing out of his veins. That's, it carries him through, doesn't it? Uh, does he have charisma or is he just weird? <laughs> uh, well, he's a man in a gimp mask doing um, bushwhacker. <laughs> he is. What's not what's not to like? But oh yeah, t- terrible. I will be terrible. shocked if we if through the run of these shows we see a worse match than this. This was utterly appalling, <laughs> but very funny in hindsight. So, I pick me up from there now, Kieran, mm-hmm. as we have Phil Powers in the back with Dan Belinka. Yes, he's made. He's he's uh, somehow picked the lock and got into the crime watch van. Um, Powers apparently has his first TV title defense in two weeks against somebody called Iron Mike Roberts. Uh, Powers says he's a big rugby player who hasn't been in the ring for over a year, and he's going to take advantage of that. If he has, if he's a a rugby player, B we've never heard of him, and C hasn't wrestled for a year, how is he the first man getting a shot at this title? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Belinka asks who Phil picks in the triple trouble match he picks Cabrero because Knight and Williams are going to be too busy fighting each other which is quite a nice piece of analysis he also says he's going to take every title in the company he has a lot to prove and he predicts that in the main event Danny Royal will beat Blondie Barrett and then I was going to say as well though with Phil mm. Powers his, uh, his delivering his promo was a bit Frank Spencer and really fast as well yeah yeah. I'm like Robert C. Talking to people with fun voices. <laughs> Can I still do it? <laughs> Hi, this is Paul Martin with this week's UWA Wrestling Rampage update. He's just a, he's just sitting on a couch with a camera in his face. His also cue is definitely off to one side because he's not looking straight down the lens. Either that or he's got two lazy eyes. Uh, he plugs four upcoming summer dates and the premium rate hotline. <laughs> yeah, all at the Blackpool Pleasure Beach Ice Arena, which yeah. obviously has been knocked down. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a gastro pub. Match number four now. Danny Royal versus the one and only Blondie Barrett. The winner gets a shot at the Triple Trouble winner. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'd put one of my notes is Blondie Barrett. Oh, I've seen him live. Have you? I have. I've seen him twice in Todmorden. If uh, I have seen him live, 
it would only have been once maybe and it would have been somewhere shit but i can't think where like he looks at least 50 here yeah so when i saw him it would have been maybe about five years ago and he was 60s Mm. 60s then and a lot of his a lot of his work then was he'd get in the ring and then just roll out to the crowd do a lot of stalling for 10 minutes and it'd be just two minutes of a wrestling match but you could appreciate the the, like the crowd work he'd do yeah yeah a wrestler who doesn't actually wrestle (laughs) yeah yeah the other treat we get here is phil powers on commentary Oh, my God, this trio. His first line is, all right, mate, how you doing? And here comes down to the ring, a good um, former um, person I used to wrestle a lot, Blondie Barrett. This is taped. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) A former person I used to wrestle a lot. These three, Ross, Powers, and Morgan. The the bad as Saxton Cole and fucking Graves. Oh, they keep arguing. They don't like. They don't augment each other in any way. They just they talk over each other constantly. It's it's painful. I think they think they're doing 1999 Raw commentary. Yeah, they are not. They are very much not. It's terrible. Also, what's terrible is what's going on in the ring. Not that it's easy to see, because the referee keeps getting in the way of the fucking hard camera. (laughs) Barrett is a fat old lump in what appears to be a Puerto Rican flag for some reason. Uh, He's got this horrible bleached mullet, uh, and we know that Danny Royal is green. Um, (laughs) Quite literally, I have two notes on this match. The commentary is horrendous as they trade appalling clotheslines. And after what feels like a decade of horrible wrestling, Danny Royal hits the beef bomb, which turns out to be um, for the Patriots' old Uncle Slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The full Nelson drop uh, for the pin. I Can you see my beard? I was clean shaven <laughs> when I started watching this match. This felt like it went on forever. It's, it's, my, been, it's, it's been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> Minus four stars. This was only slightly better than the previous match. Imagine, imagine <laughs> buying a ticket for the wrestling at the Blackpool Ice Arena and you get Big Papa T versus Tom Monroe and Danny Royal versus Blondie <laughs> Barrett. Two of the worst matches to ever be put on British television. <laughs> Fuck me. Fucking hell. What mm. the what, kids must be scarred for life. Yeah, it would, you'd never go back and watch wrestling again. It's it's dreadful. Man, you, I think kids would love Big Papa T, wouldn't they? Well, that's what they keep trying to push, isn't it? This, uh, this, this murdering <laughs> torturer <laughs> in the gym mask <laughs> who's friends with cabbies. They've 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 said he's done both of those things on this show. And you know, <laughs> Alan in the cab is worried that he's gonna kill one of his opponents. And the commentary keeps saying that he's a role model for children. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, two things. Yes. Firstly, anyone who complains about the constant influx of new faces on AEW television needs to watch this specific episode of Wrestling Rampage. We get three wrestlers who haven't been mentioned before showing up in matches. 
Plus next week, we're told we're getting another singles guy and a tag team getting title shots. And again, they're people we've never heard of before. Correct. Yeah. This left me much less bullish about the product going forward. Like, all, remember we, last time we had these like these three interesting storylines. There was like, will Phil Powers make it to the gauntlet? That turned out to be nothing. There has been no mention of Dino Scarlo for three weeks after he was all over episode four like he was fucking Triple H. And the only one of the stories that interests us that's still going is Williams, Knight, and Linsky, which will yeah. have another chapter in the three-way next week. Like, yeah. It's all. It's almost like in between the two venues, they pressed a reset button somewhere. Yeah. It's very odd. And I just, I guess they just, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know the future of the of the TV show when they when they went into this second taping. Yeah, it's like apart apart from the Doug and uh, Stevie Knight stuff, it's. I don't think there's any storylines elsewhere, is it? Or maybe, or maybe they could sell Mad Dog McPhee and Phil Powers along the way, you know, like because there's been a feud with yeah, them. Yeah, but but Powers has already kind of kind of blown that off because he uh, they they made a big deal over the spot where he powerbombed McPhee in the aisle after uh, during the, that tag match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like phil blew him off in his his promo stuff for the for the gauntlet saying oh you we all remember he's like oh he's listing all the competitors and he's like oh mad dog but for yeah we all he's nothing we all saw what happened to him when i powerbombed him on the floor like he he doesn't see him as a threat so i don't know if they're going to try and make a storyline out of it but yeah it's it's all this one was hard work (laughs) I haven't looked ahead to see what's coming. I hope at least we get some good matches because like like two of the worst matches I've ever seen back to back on a TV show was hard going. I, I would say with this episode, I thought the worst match for me, uh, probably Danny Royal and Blondie Barrett. Just really? I, I just thought it was boring. Just re- really boring. And yeah. The co- commentary was bad. Whereas... Yeah. Big Papa T and Monroe was a car crash. <laughs> yeah, absolutely was. Which you, which you sort of couldn't take your eyes off because non both, both lads weren't cooperating with Yeah, each. it was less a car crash and more sort of two hippos flopping into each other. <laughs> and, uh, and, just, and just seeing like, the t- like just like building up their own guys, really, like your Cabreros and your mm. Memphis to, you know, build, like, build them up again after losing in the Rumble. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's always good to see the Death Squad again. It, no matter how shit they Is look, that, <laughs> no, no matter how shit they are, this they seem popular. Do they? I mean, the crowd didn't react at all when they were when they were talking about their belts. No, they, they seem popular to the UWA bookers. <laughs> they seem popular to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess next time we Brian, find out who Brian the bad Nobed. boys are, Brian Nobed. Yeah. Brian Nobed and Mike Reasonable, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, episode seven done with. Yeah. Um, Next time, eight and nine. Eight and nine, yes, in in the new year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait <laughs> but for more Big Papa T action. As bad as some of this stuff is, it was always fun coming and talking about it with you. We always have a good time yeah. talking about it. Yeah, they're all, they're, I always I always do find them an easy easy watch on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. Like 
I'll get through them. And I know they're all like 45 minute episodes and the time I'll probably look on the timer. Oh crap. There's only like 10 minutes left. And it's just like, yeah, a lot of, the, I mean, I think episode seven was an exception because that, that last match was like wading through treacle, but for the yeah. most part, like it's, well, it's not high quality. It's a, it's a pretty, a relatively easy watch. Hmm. Yeah. And because of what I know, we kind of took the piss out of all the recaps, but because of the recaps, you are you're not confused about what's going on in the main storylines. You get like you don't forget who is feuding with who. Yeah. When there are feuds. Yeah. And um, just to, uh, as well, um, end point. So to mm-hmm. episode seven, the uh, the last bit was another video package um, played to um, a Limp Biscuit My Way remix. Not. Uh, I'm in the main event for next week's show. Um, I did put Kerry certainly going to get pinned. He's not going. <laughs> Is that what pinned. you think? Yeah, you think he's really because I think I I've got uh, I've well we don't know the rules yet. We don't know if it's elimination. We don't even know if it's like all three in the ring at the same time. They have they've just told us it's called triple trouble. So. I mean, they'll probably drag it out to a fucking hour like they did the 10-man match. The first one to three pins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it's if it's like a standard one-full triple threat match, I've got Stevie Knight down as designated jobber. Ooh. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, well, the two the two are feuding. They'll want to keep them hot and carry, mm. take a pin. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in our time machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's broken. It keeps sending me back to 1999 to watch this crap wrestling. <laughs> so, um, Kieran, um, what you got to plug, mate? Oh, just the usual stuff, you know. Uh, I am still uh, at Kieran Edits on Twitter, and uh, I'm approximately 42% of the Must See Matches project, which is at Must See Matches on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Mastodon. Although Twitter will be the most active of all of those until a thin-skinned man-baby completely torpedoes it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've recently had, um, uh, I should, but it's a podcast, right? You should know, you all know it's a podcast, yeah. a weekly podcast. Uh, we've recently had, uh, Dave Ryan from days of thunder. Come on, uh, his arch enemy, Garrett kidney from you've got to be kidding me. Sarah Parkin from big egg wrestling universe came back. Uh, Alex from the Berry Barra tag boom. Alan four L's been on WH Park has been on this week. Uh, you're getting two episodes. Uh, so on Monday, just gone, uh, the CEO of WXW, Felix Kohlenberg, came on to talk about Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from WrestleWar 89, which was great fun to, to talk about that with him, getting like really in-depth in that match and that feud. Uh, and then on Saturday, Christmas Eve, our Christmas episode is coming out, and that is uh, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock from WrestleMania 18 with the only person we could get on uh, for that. Matty Edwards came back again. Tremendously fun time, just an absolute hoot talking about that match for an hour with him uh recorded mere minutes before he had to rush off to the uh to the the the, the bwe quiz where where, where where he teamed with me and we ended up coming last <laughs> but you were very entertaining i i watched that thing live i had it up on youtube on my big tv that was great fun Oh God, we're like a bloody married couple, us two. Are you sure, Andy? That's right. No, <laughs> I, I, I really like you. Still playing, mate? <laughs> really oh, yeah, funny. Great, great fun. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you want to subscribe to Musty Matches, the easiest way to do that is to go to linktr.ee slash matches, And that has links to 
uh, every platform we're on, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, a whole load of ones I've never heard of in my life. Uh, if you have a podcast app, you can get us. It's really simple. Great stuff. Um, with um, with the Ricky Steamboat episode, I was listening to it doing my shopping around Tesco's. Um, Excellent. Last night, so <laughs> made it more bearable and made sure I didn't listen to the Christmas music that was coming. <laughs> on. Fucking heading all day. Your seventh playing of Step Into Christmas of the Day. Oh, come no, please no. <laughs> Uh, follow us at Oggie Part Free on Twitter, um, also at GCP Podcast One on Twitter. Um, just finished off um, the WCW 2000 run with Wilson, uh, Starcade 2000. So that's done, sent to the history books, never to be talked about <laughs> again. Thank God. Um, next year we're going to do TNA 2005. So actually, some good wrestling to her. Uh, to watch yeah uh, you've at least got a couple of good matches on there we have we have um so yeah this is uh it's been the fan our final show of the year it has yeah yes thanks very much for your time kieran as ever no worries it's always tremendous fun merry christmas to everybody listening merry christmas bye you want to see some heavy stuff we're going to be here